You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There we go. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Brilliant. Well, great start, Joe. Thank you very much. I'm Steve Hoare. This is the Red Men Originals <laughs> podcast. I am joined by Chris Pajak and Chloe Boxman, both returning from their vacations away and me and Dan haven't been anywhere Dan Club's here as well welcome back Chris nice bit of time off for you there lovely mate yeah Yeah. all good yeah feeling good yeah very much so ready for the season now ignored all the pre-season shite um, thankfully so because I'd be in a really bad mood if I had to watch us concede loads of goals all the time yeah speaking of the pre-season show we're going to be talking about the last game in a minute so um, we'll get to that in a sec Chloe, welcome back nice being jetting off to the academy how are you feeling you're nice, you re-engaged re-energised for the season ahead um, I was expected to be so but it turns out no I just want to be in the sun more yeah. than anything yeah. which is a bit sad because um, I really like footy but apparently the sun wins in this this case uh, no I'm ready for the footy I'm happy it's back uh, the community shield got me really up for it when Arsenal scored the maddest goal ever lovely little deflection that took it to pens um, so yeah I'm ready for football to to start back up and Dan hello hello mate you're okay long time no see it's been yeah. a while you know, yeah. every show the last two weeks well, these two are off yeah. I've, got, I've got nothing to say to you I know everything about your life it was, well, it was my birthday yesterday oh. if you want to mention that oh just drop that one in to, I'm dropping it into all the shows it appears I'm not telling anybody like face to face I'm just when I'm on a show I'm opportune moment Happy to birthday. I was on holiday and all he kept saying to me was oh it's my birthday when was you it a big birthday no no 32 Pretty you don't standard. look a day over 31 Cheers, mate, which is funny because I'm literally a Yeah, because yeah, I was literally going to ask, yeah. We're going to be speaking about Liverpool's pre-season, yeah. Pre-season's over. We'll have a little chat about the game yesterday against Darmstadt, what we learn from it, any positives, any concerns that we've got going into the season as well. And then later on in part two, we'll do the transfer stuff as well, the latest on Lavia, Andre and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, we'll have a little look ahead to the season. And then after this show, later on Redmen Post, we've got the Biased Transfer Podcast. We'll have a little wrap-up at what's going on around the league in terms of transfers and also we'll all be making our Premier League predictions including Paul he sent his in as well even though he's not here today so yeah check us out for that one right then let's start Chris I'll come to you then you mentioned before about the pre-season shite um, it is officially over now we, we were speaking off camera before actually, and you said like it was quite an enjoyable game to watch that one Liverpool 3 Darmstadt 1 it was crazy really because I thought for 89 minutes 40 seconds Liverpool dominated that game and it was a mad 20 seconds where they scored and that really did piss everybody off. That's the mad 20 seconds is just what we had at the start of last season over and over again, isn't it? And that's the thing that I think everyone's getting frustrated by and annoyed by now. I mean, I've lost count of 
or I've lost track of exactly when the Fabinho and Henderson news broke, but if I had to guess, it'd be over three weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we still are no nearer to getting a defensive midfielder in, and you know the fact that we've been subjected to Kurt Jones in the six, and then McAllister plays in the six, who I, I thought did really well, but isn't the type of six that I think Liverpool need um, at the moment. The, the, the experiment with Shens at right back yesterday didn't really work that well for me. I, I think he was a bit non-committal and going into the middle at times and um, from a defensive standpoint I just think we look really weak at the moment and that scares me going into the season to be honest with you you know from foot with the ball uh, uh, you know with our players I thought we looked really good some yeah. intricate play through the middle of the park I thought was excellent this new iteration of Mo Salah the creator is absolutely brilliant to watch it's like a, a level of experience and growth that he seems to have had over the summer and understanding of where he is and who he is and a confidence in himself that I think we can see each and every week and stuff so there are Positives there, but the the big negatives right now are are Liverpool ready for the season? And I think if you answered that honestly, no is probably the answer. It feels like Cloud that they're gonna they've got three games in August, effectively three Premier League games before the window closes, and they're just trying to get through them. And then make, that, that's what it feels like. And to be fair, one of them is Bournemouth at home, and Liverpool should, should expect to be Bournemouth regardless of who they put out. But there are two really tough away games there, and. The the ease at which teams have scored against Liverpool at times in pre-season. Like, I get the number six, and I think this is right, Liverpool, Liverpool need a DM. But that goal yesterday isn't stopped by a DM. That's one kick down the middle of the pitch where one fella legs it to try and play offside and doesn't tell the other fella. Like, I love Ibu Kanate, but I don't, I've got no idea. And that's the kind of thing, listen, it's pre-season and you can, and I, you can iron that out. And hopefully, I actually think he learns because the next couple of long balls he did, he just headed away. So it, that kind of is the iron out of it, but Chris is right. It's been far too easy to score goals generally against Liverpool. Pretty much, you know, that they hadn't scored a goal all pre-season until yesterday, and it was one long ball down a pitch. That is the one that everyone's like, yeah, the, that's the major question mark going to Stamford Bridge, and then obviously Newcastle in a couple of weeks as well. Big games. Yeah, the massive games, and look, if you do defensive errors like that, then they're going to run riot against you. It's a different kind of opposition that you're up against. And it's also frustrating because we are in this type of rebuild <coughs> that we all know of, and yet we've signed two midfielders and there's clearly spaces there that we need to fill. And it just feels like, you know, we're toying with the idea of it. I mean, how many times have we gone back and forth over Lavia with Southampton? At first, I was like, sure, he's not worth that much. And now I'm like, Jesus Christ, Reds, it's like less than a week till I get until the first game of the season. Just bring me the player. Yeah. Just get it done and dusted now. Because yeah. what Liverpool are so good at and what they have been so good at is getting deals done within 48 hours. You know, getting, doing it all behind the scenes. Fabinho was the biggest example of that. Lost the Champions League final several hours later. We just practically signed the season. Do you think, though, Clo, on that, right? It does feel like... Listen, Bayern Munich are going through this with Harry Kane now. It took Arsenal a long time to get Declan right. Yeah. The, the, these things probably do take a lot of time it's just that they never get out and it feels to me and, and we'll speak about the Lavia stuff later and it's, it's why it's annoying everybody is that we're in an information world now and every bid and every conversation is leaking out there and it does it increases anxiety like Bayern Munich have made like four bids for Harry Kane so far it took Arsenal like four goals to get Declan Rice it's just that these conversations, for whatever reason, it's probably and we're listen, we're part of it, we're part of a media cycle. Everything is news and everyone's looking for that scoop. And every agent's texting for Britio Romano or David Ornstein or there's a club official trying to put pressure. And it feels like the anxiety builds and builds. And then you see Liverpool's defence getting 
well, crap team scoring easy goals against us yeah. and the anxiety. You can and you can kind of sense that a little. Liverpool bit. should have known this though with yeah. Southampton yeah. after the Virgil Van Dijk stuff. Liverpool should have <coughs> expected that Southampton were going to be difficult to deal with. Yeah. That's on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. 100%. Absolutely. And also, it is a case of I, I'm not picking Virgil Van Dijk out of the you know to single out here, uh, but it's fair to say that he's been off the mark since he got injured, especially, and it was a really bad injury, but he's never quite hit the heights yet. It, it's like last season, it looked like he was too slow to get out of the ball. He didn't really have a lot of urgency in his body language. And the back four last year, alongside the midfield, that did not help them at all. Um, it, it's the same things that are creeping up. It's the fact that we have done this high line and one of us moves up, but there's no communication to the rest of the team. And also it's the pressure on the ball. If we are going to do this high line, if we are going to step up, the midfielders need to get out and put pressure on. So then the team has to go backwards instead of finding the out ball. It is a rookie error. It's the easiest goal to be scored against. Um and that is the worry for me. It's the fact that I can still see Liverpool from last season and Liverpool any reminisce of, of last season has not a chance against this Manchester City side who, on top of winning the treble, has now just gone and got the best centre-back available to them. Um, they've got... The bench maybe isn't as good. They've lost a couple of players. I think Gundogan's a massive one. Um, but Liverpool cannot have any schoolboy errors. We saw too many of them last season yeah. and yet they're still there. That's the thing, yeah, Dan. We'll, 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 we'll speak transfers in part two. We want to park mm. that a little bit for now. We'll, we'll go deep into it. But you are right. Um, on the... Liverpool are, haven't got as good a squad as Manchester City. I think I think there's an argument made Liverpool have got a decent squad, but there are a couple of big gaps in that. We're, we again we'll speak about in, yeah. in, in part two. <laughs> but if the, if the that means your margin for errors less, team, make the you know teams can't be given gifted easy goals. It can't be easy to score against. So you're you're playing on the on the margins a little bit, aren't you? And we're one long ball over the top. Where the, the centre half just runs out for for no. I, I, I've got no idea what Ibukunate is doing. <laughs> He sells trends completely down the river there. Those things have happened a little bit in pre-season. There's been... Jürgen called it as... What is it? The, the diagonal defensive or something he called it. Mm. wasn't quite right. But, but I, I don't know. It just it felt too easy. And Chloe is right. It, it, when you're playing on the margins, you can't afford to make it easy to score against. And, and Liverpool are at the minute. A little oh, bit. Yeah, 100% we are. And that's the biggest concern really heading into the season. It's like the problems we've seen in front of our very eyes last year haven't really been addressed yet. And it might well be a personnel thing that needs to address them. But even sort of systematically, Klopp, after the game last night, referenced the fact we need to work on like a new system before the Chelsea game. And you think, we've got like that's five days. Like, what, what's that? Like what? And is that because he hasn't got the players that he'd like to, to, to do what he wants to do? And that in itself is is a huge issue of course it is and I think Klopp in the same interview as well kind of referenced the fact that this part of pre-season is done now but he's got to include the next couple of games in pre-season it's like that's not the case mate like we are in the business end now you can't be sort of fiddling around with your formation and your personnel you should have in mind now what we're going to look like but because of the transfers not happening he hasn't got that but to come back to the point, yeah, we are conceding too many big chances, too many silly goals. I mean, the side that just got promoted back to the Bundesliga carved us open last night to score. That's concerning. Leicester, the only side we didn't concede against, and even they have big chances in the first 20 minutes. Keller had to make a big stop. Allison last night denied someone from point blank range as well. We conceded goals against Gutner Firth the other week, against Karlsruhe. We conceded three. It's like. 
These aren't sides we should be giving up opportunities against, let alone goals, and we have been. So there are definitely, definitely concerns heading into the season. I mean, there's loads of positives to take. I kind of summed it up a little bit last night in a match report I did after the game. Loads of positives. Obviously, the front line, Ben Doak is sensational. But defensively, we've got some big, big issues to resolve. Yeah, definitely. Let's, let's look again. We'll, the defensive side, I think we've all agreed there. Liverpool have got work to do, Chris. Did you think any positives from the performance yesterday? Were there anyone who stood out for you in particular? Yeah, I mean, McAllister was the, the obvious six. one, I think, uh, in the six. I thought his, you know, the speed at which he moves the ball around was excellent. You know, bringing players in, turning that ball around the corner and stuff like that. I think you can, you can see that he can play that position, but is he the right player? That Liverpool need right now in that position? No, I don't think he is. But you know, he's going to play. I think he's going to be brilliant wherever he plays. To be honest with you, but you know, me and Dan were talking about this upstairs, and I was sort of saying like, listen, you know, I think the the general school of thought might be that you know, McAllister at home against the sides, yada yada yada, that are lower down the league, anyone can hit the ball long against yeah. And I know you said before that a DM doesn't help you there. Well, I disagree with that. I think a DM who's thinking about behind them, not in front of them, can help in those situations. But the type of six that McAllister would be would never be in those situations to help you because he's obviously thinking about where to go with the ball forwards and, and what that picture is, is like in his head and stuff like that. I think, you know, for me, the, the, there's a real imbalance with Trent and Robertson at the moment where they are just leaving Canate and Van Dijk on their own far too often. I thought that would have been ironed out by now to be honest with mm. you but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case it doesn't really look like we're trying to curb Robertson's enthusiasm to go forwards at any point but you did ask me about positives so I think the front, <laughs> the, the forward players are, are, are clear positives um, I think the intricate build up through the centre of the pitch is brilliant at the moment and something that I've not really seen for a while um, I love the fact that we've got two attacker midfielders now in through the door and our strikers are just scoring more goals I think that's really funny because we've wanted goal scoring midfielders for ages and what they've done is just make the strikers score more goals Um but look, there are positives, but the negatives outweigh them for me right now. I think most teams go into the season undercooked nowadays because the season's so long and you don't want to fall off at the back end of the season when it becomes the business end. So I understand going in with, you know, <coughs> maybe treating a little bit of August as your pre-season. What I don't understand going into the season with is without a squad. And I don't think Liverpool have got a squad. Today, we have not got a squad good enough to challenge for the Premier League title. And that, I think, is a major concern. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You're right. Because um, we should be going in every season with a squad that's capable of challenging. And right now, without the midfielders that we need, we're not capable of challenging. And that is a huge issue for me. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll, we'll have a little chat about, who, who, like, again, the Lavia stuff and maybe Andy and stuff in part two. On the McAllister as a six-wing class, if we want, obviously, the manager reveals Kurt has a slight issue and that's why he didn't play. He, he obviously comes on for... 15 minutes or so at the end, but ironically plays as an eight. Plays as number eight. Um, McConnell played as the six. Um, Liverpool, you, Chris right, Liverpool are going into Chelsea without a recognised defensive midfielder fit and available. The only one that's in the squad at the moment is young Stefan Pichetta. Jenny's still not fully fit. Liverpool have to go to Stamford Bridge and play somebody in that role. Did McAllister do enough to, to suggest it might be him? Or do you still think Curtis is the man that they're going to use there? Again, both have positives, both have major red flags, neither are ideal. It's not the situation Liverpool wanted to get themselves in, and that is where we are. What we saw from McAllister, do you think he, it could be now? Because I, I agree, I, I actually thought he had a pretty good game overall. Yeah, I thought he had a better game than Curtis Jones had in the six, but once again, both of them, that's not their normal position. I think McAllister's 
going to be in the six-hole. Um, the way he controls the game, that is really important for me. I think Curtis Jones, um, really good player, and he can he, he has the opportunity to now play on that eight kind of role. But once again, he starts out as a left winger. You then bring him back to centre mid, to then bring him back to CDM. McAllister's had more experience there. He's done it in the Premier League. He's done it for an unbelievable Brighton side. Um, so I trust him more at this moment in time. Um, but once again, it's it's not a choice I want to really be picking. I don't want McAllister there. He's not... We didn't buy him to put him there, so we shouldn't have to deal with the makeshift of doing that. You're also losing his assets as a number eight and in and, and, and a double pivot. Um, but, yeah, it's one of them where if I'm choosing less of the two evils, I'm picking him as me number six because he just... From that game, and this is not an on Curtis Jones, but... I think about McAllister straight after that game. When you talk, speak about Darmstadt, it's McAllister. It's him running the show. It's him controlling. It's him also finding himself in areas which I probably don't want him to, to find him as a DM. He was on the edge of the box taking shots and stuff. And I was like, wait, you're our DM, lad. What are you doing? Um, but for me, he's a much better fit right now than Curtis Jones. Um, and that just means that Curtis Jones now gets an option to play in the double pivot further up the pitch. Dan, I'll come to you. Chloe's right. Um, McAllister did do well as a six, mm-hmm. but he is an unnatural six. The flip side is he is a player who has played number six slash deep in midfield in the Premier League f- for quite a little bit, actually, for Brighton. He did it, he did it fairly often. Yeah. Curtis Jones was kind of shoehorned into this by Liverpool a few weeks ago. He was, it looked like he was being groomed to be the man who, who was in place for Chelsea and then obviously picked up a little injury or what have you. The manager has got a decision to make. I think you could... You know who's going to be in goal for Liverpool. You know who the back four is going to be. You know Mo Salah's going to play. McAllister's going to be on the pitch. Soboslai's probably going to be on the pitch. It's just a couple of issues going forward to that game, and one of them is who is the number six. What are your thoughts going into that Chelsea game? Well, my thoughts prior to last night were that it would be Curtis Jones, to be honest with you, just because he played the one before, obviously, the Bayern game. And I did wonder, personally, I actually prefer... The McAllister choice in there, because as you referenced there, he did it for pretty much the first half of last season in the Premier League under Graham Potter before he moved on. And the Zerbi used him in a more advanced role, which I actually think suits his skill set better, and that's why we've signed him. So the reason I was sort of in the Jones camp was because you can shoehorn him into different roles. We've already converted him from a winger into an eight, which I suppose goes against the fact that you now want him to be a six, because all his natural instincts are to be attacking and to make things happen in front of him. And you're getting that with both of them, but I do think now, having seen McAllister, Cal to do it last night, obviously in the flesh as well. I think although he does want to be in the final third, sort of influencing the game down there, I do think he has got the sort of tactical discipline to be more disciplined than the Curtis Jones, and there's not a lot in that, and neither of them want to be doing it. I think it's an unnatural role for both of them. But for sort of hopefully one game, maybe two, I think we do go with McAllister because he has done it an amount of times in the Premier League. He's done it in a very good side. It's it's far, far from ideal, and that's kind of the bottom line amongst all of this, and that's what we need to sort of remember. We shouldn't really be having this conversation, is the point. Like We shouldn't be sitting there going, who can play the six, unless we had signed one and they'd unfortunately got injured or whatever. This isn't the conversation. It's not the place we wanted to be. I'm sure it's not a place Jürgen Klopp wanted to be either, but out of the available options... I would be in camp Alexis McAllister for Sunday because I think he has got that tactical discipline, that tactical now to perform the role in a better way than Curtis Jones has right now. No, I, I tend to agree. And Chris, what I, this might sound really, really basic, and I apologise if it does, because I know you're a, a fellow who likes a tactic, and, and this might be a bit basic, but like, I think he's a better tackler. 
And I know just that yesterday is that he won and, the ball back. Yeah, and, and where Curtis Jones in the in the, the previous friendly, there was a goal where the lad just against Bayern where the lad just ran by him and he just didn't really do anything. McAllister a couple of times he's really strong in the tackle and maybe again against the Chelsea side who we don't know who's going to be in their midfield and who's, who's going to be up front there. Their new striker's just done his knee. But you had to guess at some point there's going to be someone running at Alexis McAllister. You DM one on one, and McAllister just looks a bit. Phys- I know he's he's much much shorter than Curtis, but he does look a bit more physically robust. Yeah, he is, and he's he's a, he's a great player. I think the the difference between what he did for Brighton last season and this <coughs> is this isn't really playing in a double pivot in the same way, is it? You know, you got Trent there for a bit, and yeah. then you're on your own. And he didn't play on his own in the six last season. He played alongside Moises Casado. And when you look at the stats from last season, he was second behind Declan Rice in the league at the point when they changed the formation. He went to the World Cup in winning the ball back. Yeah. You know, he had more than Moises Casado. And by the end of the season, Casado's overtaken him because he moves forward and stuff. So it's certainly something that he's able to do. I, my big concern with him being in the six and with Kerr Jones being in the six and anyone who's going to play that six is... How do you do it when you've got a lad with you for some bits of the game and then without you for others? The only guys you can do that are guys I think who've played the six on their own. Mm. So they're used to being on their own and when they've got someone, it's a bit of a bonus. Not yeah. the other way around when they're used to being with someone and then when they're on their own, they're like, yeah. what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. And that's a that's a schematic problem that Liverpool have at the moment. Whoever's going to be signed, the likelihood is they've got to have they've got to have played the six on their own to be able to play alongside Trent moving in, or they're going to take time to adjust to that. You know, McAllister at times, I think, was given free reign by Trent during the game. It's almost like, well, he's pulling the strings so well, I kind of don't need to be there. Mm. And I think that was, there was a little nod to how good he is on the ball that Trent didn't, whereas when he played with Fabinho towards the back end of the season, Fabinho sort of stood to the side and went, yeah, Trent, you just moved the ball around and, and all that type of stuff. But schematically right now, Liverpool are not right. And that's because of the players that we haven't got in the squads. And I think that is what Jürgen was referencing in his post-match interview that you mentioned before about having to find a formation that suits the players. It's all well and good wanting to play a formation where Trent moves from right back to centre mid. But if you don't have the players to play that formation, it's stupid, quite frankly. Yeah. Or it's gonna you're going to be so far behind by the time everyone gets used to it that you're out of the title race already. So I think that's what Jürgen's leaning into. It's like, look, I know what I want to achieve this season, but right now I can't do that. So I'm going to have to find a way where Liverpool can win games in the first two, three, four weeks until we get reinforcements in. If we get reinforcements in, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure we will. Like, but maybe they won't be at the the level that we 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 might need to challenge for the title. So I think that's the big problem that Liverpool have right now. On the the negatives, then Chris is right. Like the Liverpool are going to have to get through these at least one game. Maybe two games, yeah. potentially three games. The window shuts obviously in September. Who knows how much business they are or aren't going to do? You know, the lavish stuff rumbles on as a time recording. What they're going to have to do, they might have to outgun teams. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the attackers in a moment because I think we, we they all look pretty sharp. What I would say is that one of the most impressive things I've seen from pre season is the set piece threat is definitely there. Mm-hmm. There's another two goals. Obviously, the first goal and the last goal last night come from uh, dot, uh, from Sopperslide corners. Um, obviously, really. Both near post well works at pieces. One Diaz flicks on it. I think Van Dijk's meant to score that. Yeah. And it's just obviously uh, if, if the way it works out. If obviously Mo Salah is just absolute predatory in the box and, and snips it up. The second goal is a very well worked one with Diaz's back heel. We obviously scored from the corner against Bayern Munich. We are looking 
like a more of a set piece threat again. We've got Shabbos corner taking looks brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that I've been really impressed with by him. Obviously, we've always said probably Costas is probably the best corner taker in the team, and Trent Alexander Arnold. Well, Shabbos might take that one now. That's an, that's another way where Liverpool, when we were at our best, we were the best set piece team. Even last year, I think we scored a lot of set piece goals. We always do, but it looks like we could go another level now. Which again, if you are going to need to win games two one and three two. A couple of bonus goals from corner kicks is, is, is certainly one way you can do that. Yeah, definitely that. Yeah, if you're going to be conceding goals or at least chances, you're going to need different strings to your bow, aren't you, to sort of beat teams and to break teams down. And we have struggled in the past. We're hoping with the sort of the inclusion of these attacking midfielders, Sobersly includes, and McAllister, of course, when he plays in his role that we've signed him for, not the six, like I think we're going to see for a couple of weeks now. We have got different ways of breaking teams down now, but you're right in terms of corner taking and set pieces. That's always going to be pivotal to us. When you've got someone of the presence and the height of Virgil van Dijk I'd add Cody Gakpo to that list as well now in mm. terms of his height and what he offers in the box and obviously Joe Gojota even though he's quite sort of diminutive in his stature he does get up well and he well, does he's good, yeah, yeah. yeah he's brilliant in the air like so it's really important that we have that quality from set pieces and it's where it's where Andy Robertson's lacked actually if anything isn't it during his Liverpool career set pieces that he's never quite been of the level which is why we sort of hail Simicast for his but Sobberslai is outstanding I actually don't think he had the greatest game last night Sobberslai to be honest I think he's tapped the clear a little bit all over the place and his touch was off as well at times but in terms with set piece delivery absolutely outstanding and him and Trent they're quite different in the way they deliver a ball as well so they're going to be two very different weapons for us and ones we're going to have to use because I don't think there's any two ways about it for the next few weeks you know we're going to be flying by the seat of our pants a little bit because we haven't fixed the holes defensively Chris mentioned it a moment ago in terms of we haven't got the personnel to play the system I think that stretches beyond the six actually I think it stretches towards Andy Robertson's side as well defensively I don't think he's in tune with his system whatsoever yet and you'd like to think we'd address that too but that hasn't been ironed out so I think we are going to have to try and beat teams by scoring more goals than with sounds Michael Owen-esque in his punditry but we are literally going to have to just go, go gung-ho and we have got the firepower to do it and as you mentioned we've got different ways of doing it now which could be crucial Absolutely Chloe well I noticed at one point I was obviously on the watch along for the game and Darmstadt got a free kick on the, just on the edge of the box and then I looked at the Liverpool wall and we were fucking massive it had Canate, Van Dijk, Gakpo, Sobersly all big six foot lads and I was thinking we, we, people are getting back to me and like, well, I think Jürgen wants. He wants a big physical team. Obviously, you can. You, there's always going to be a couple of little lads in there as well. McCallis is always going to be there a bit about Jota's not exactly a giant himself. But what Liverpool, I've always thought, Klopp wants a big, strong, powerful team. And he's not that far away from that. Again, whether it's Lavia who plays as a six if they get him in or whoever they get in, I'm, I'm guessing that's another type of profile of player. They want another six foot or near six foot lad. But that is another, like Dan's right, if you're going to be dangerous off corners, that, that's another definitely something that I, I was looking at thinking, because last year I was thinking at times we looked small. We, I remember playing against Brentford away thinking, oh my God. We're, got these, bullied, do, do, yeah, well, bullied a little bullied. bit. Liverpool do look like they've got a bit more physique to them, which again, if you're going to be um, a little bit, like Dan said, see to your pants a little bit, then that's another thing that I think Jürgen's identified a couple there who, you know, Liverpool has a, a big, strong physical outfit again. Yeah, you could tell that with the, the players that he wanted, the number eight, the players who we've been linked with, you know, players so who, massive, by the way. Yeah. Oh, big Z. I didn't realise, he's, he's huge. Yeah, Yeah, even the likes of Taram Ryan Gravenberch, the six-foot-plus yep. lads who absolutely dominate, um, and even the likes of your McAllisters and, you know, those type of players who are a little bit shorter, they've got 
the Genie Wine album in them where they can shrug people off a ball. They can use the body really well. Diego Jota is really small, but my God, he, he puts himself about. He doesn't get bullied off a ball often. He's really good at headering in and around the area. Um, so it, it, it does look like we've gone with a more physical team and, and rightfully so because we got bullied last year um, from corners. You meant, mentioned that Brentford game. I'm pretty sure we conceded about three offside goals. Did, yeah. uh, all of them which could have been given, but we've got a little bit lucky there on top of like the three that we actually did concede. Um, last season, there was just far too many players who was getting bullied, who wasn't up to standard. Um, and I think the, the new lads coming in, not just are the of the physique and the stature to bully players and dominate the midfield they're also going to kick everyone else up the arse because you've got to now reach my level the fact that I'm coming into Liverpool and I'm setting the standard shouldn't be a thing you should be setting the standard and you should be keeping me out the team um so hopefully yeah hopefully it makes more people motivated um it maybe didn't with our captain who decided to get off uh, and right now we're we need two midfielders, um, but the rest of them hopefully we can gel well. But once again, that the the problem I've got is <laughs> the formation of it. I don't think anyone really tactically knows where they need to be and is disciplined enough right now. You'd like to hope that they would at some point, by the way, because what we've been doing all pre-season, I suppose you would ask Chris. <laughs> um, what I would say on the again playing with Fabinho, pretend that helps. <laughs> skewing yeah. skew and, skew and positively again a little bit here. Um, I'm aware. Like not everyone's feeling that way, but there was. I, I, in the way, some. I think there's been a couple of things in preseason that have been positives. We'll speak about the goal scoring and because the strikers have all been on fire. I've been really impressed by the press. Mm. Liverpool get a couple of goals. Yes, they'll get the, certainly the second goal. They have a few more chances. What this new system does allow you, you've got three lads right up front, and there's two just behind them. And and the Liverpool Salah in particular looks brilliant at it. Jota was ever Diaz looked much better at it. They were backed up. Um, very, very well by Gakpo, who again, brilliant at it in that eight role, and Soboslai, again, and Jürgen's always said this, you know, our number six, we've asked our number six last season to do too much work because we're too easy to play against. It feels to me like one of the things that they've definitely worked on in pre-season, like, almost like priority one is, can we get that press from the front back? Because it does look a little, it looks more in sync. Again, there was a lot of injuries last year and there was a lot of swapping and changing and things like that. But everyone who's played, I think, in that front five so far in all pre-season looks like they've, they've known exactly what their job is on that, yeah. in that regard. Yeah, I think they want to get back to their identity, don't has they? To, I think that's what Liverpool are yeah, looking at at the be, moment. Yeah. And, you know, you can you can see that, I think, you know, with the greatest respect to them last night, they didn't have a fucking Scooby-Doo what was going on in the first <laughs> 10 minutes of the game. You know, Mo Salah nicks that ball off the defender, doesn't he? And we, and we score so early on. And it just seemed like that all the time. I was quite impressed with Sobersly's willingness to press, if not necessarily his understanding of where exactly he should be mm. in the press. Because he, he goes a lot. We don't quite get there all the time. That will come. That 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 will come. I like, you know, I saw that as well. So I used to cut it across. He knows when to foul though as well. Yeah, you know yeah. when he's, he's beaten. When he's beaten, he's quite happy. I mean, he got booked just for a shocker. Yeah. But like he's he's quite happy to just throw someone on the floor if he beats the press, which again, brilliant. That's what you absolutely need to do. If the press isn't going to work on you, throw the lad on the floor. And I think Liverpool have done that quite a lot this season. We lacked yeah. that last season. We lacked that a lot last season, didn't we? As well, yeah, we did. And I think Jota, <laughs> I think Jota leads the press really well, and I think it's always been an underrated aspect of his game. I think. 
because Firmino was so heralded in how he led the press and how he linked football um, for us. I just think everyone was always under the radar on just how much Jota put into it. And I think he's brilliant. Diaz, it's it's just natural to him. Yeah. Jota, yeah, Salah understands it. The two lads behind Gakpo understands it from the front and from midfield. And I think that helps him from the midfielder point of view, knowing what the striker's going to do. So if that striker does that, this is what I've got to do. So there's a natural understanding because he's played both positions. So yeah, definitely has been um, nice to watch. And you know, I've not watched all the pre-season games because quite frankly, I'm a really competitive person and I really hate uncompetitive stuff. <laughs> like, um, but last night it was it was more about, you know, getting that feel for, for the season and stuff. And certainly from the pressing standpoint, I think we're there. It's just... The second phase is what happens after the press doesn't work, and that's the thing that I keep coming back to that I'm really concerned yeah, about. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, on the on the forwards though, Chloe, like Darwin Nunes, I think I've been saying for a while now is Liverpool's probably fifth option at the moment. Ben Doak's the sixth, and he looks electric. By the way, there's, again, yes, these the sort of bad kid that just gets bums off seats. Like, or Liverpool are going into this season, I think, with six lads, and they all looking good, Nick. They all look fit. They've all had a good rest. They've all scored goals in pre-season. They've all, all, all five of them have looked sharp. And then the sixth young lad has, has lit games up for the last 15, 20 minutes. And he certainly, you know, he got, he got off the bench first. Just he's definitely an option now. You know, I mean, he got he got on ahead of a few others. He, he wasn't like he got brought on with ten to go with the other young lads. Mm. So that's that. We now know that's Liverpool six attacking options. That's mightily impressive, and that's my that for me is like the one thing I'm holding my hat on for hanging my hat on rather for a couple of weeks. I will trust Jurgen to get it right. I might get burned saying this. I think they'll do the transfers they need to do. Probably at least two. They probably need to do three, but I think they'll at least do two. That'll get some way to fixing that potential. But I I do believe that we can hang our hat on all six of these lads being in form, and they, we're not we're not. It isn't just the most Salah show again. Because it can't just be the most Salah show again. He'll score his goals. He's fucking brilliant. He's most Salah. He's been excellent all pre-season. But Liverpool have got a, a, a real strong five backed up with a very exciting young player there that we can hopefully go and get goals against some of these teams, which we're definitely going to need. Yeah, we've we've looked brilliant. I've loved the intricate play from all five of them, yeah. to be honest. The link up, the and sometimes I'm like, just shoot, and it's like they do one extra pass. But I'm sat there and I'm like, actually, I'm really enjoying it. The you know, in and around the the the, the box, the link up play. I thought Luis Diaz. We've talked a lot about the fact that he needs to get more goals it's just sadly if you lose a Sadio Mane and Luis Diaz is absolutely incredible as a footballer you need to have the same output or close to the output that Sadio Mane had and he's getting there slowly but surely he's had a much better uh, pre-season he's got the goals he's looked really happy to, to get these goals by the way if, if you just want to mm. see how, how much motivation and how much desire that lad has look at the way he celebrates scoring a goal against someone in a pre-season friendly um, I think Gakpo has is, is been really good, really impressed with them. Impressed with them as the eight as well. Jota, him and Salah's link up play has been brilliant. The fact that he can do it both feet, he's got the you know the spring in his step to win at Edda. Um, he's been all over the park. You've mentioned the press and those three are electric. Um, and also when you include the passing of Trent, and which when we finally understand that midfield, the passing range of Trent, who I didn't really think was in the game yesterday, imagine him doing diagonal ball to get Luis Diaz in it's going to be incredible uh, Salah is just Salah um, he's just unbelievable Darwin Nunes I've been much impressed with him I think his composure's been there more he's still missed a couple of sitters I will not lie but he looks sharper he looks 
he's getting in the right areas and he's finishing more off than he did last season. That's what I will say. Um, it is just pre-season, but he's also got in places where... I mean, I think it's his first goal that he scores, the one where he tries to pass to Salah. This is weeks ago, by yeah. the way. I was on holiday. Uh, I don't know who it was against. Carl's that was. Thank you. Um, I even liked that. I, I, I want my strike to be selfish, but I saw the idea, and luckily the ball came back to him and he finished <laughs> off the second time. Finish it, lad. I, I did like that. I did like it, though. Can I be honest, Chloe? Like, Rice from act of no confidence to me. I was laughing at the first yard as ever. I thought it was so funny. Oh, it was like she missed. Well, yeah. I just think it was like a defensive end. I think sometimes he just like I don't know. He has like a little brain fart. I'm shocked he used the word composure when talking about him. To be no, honest, because it's yeah, I know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, gotten better though. Yeah, actually, him, at least he has a bit. Look at the season; he's gotten better. Uh, I think he's got like four goals. He um, should have had twelve. Don't no, he should have had Look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, give him some positivity so that he go, he does well. Um, but. I'm going to be honest, Ben Doak has been the thing that I have been most impressed with so far this preseason. What a lad he is. I, I, yesterday sat in my house watching a preseason friendly and I very nearly screamed at his run, which he nearly finished off as a yeah. goal. I'd have been up running around my house if that were the went in. And I it's a he friendly. Makes, he makes beaten players close so easy everyone and he's done it he's, he has done it we'll find out can he do it against the best yeah. best left back he, or best right back did it against Dinier didn't he yeah, yeah, yeah. he's fucking shite don't worry about him but, but yeah, yeah, he does he was mad they don't even kick him he's yeah. that he's, yeah. he's, 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 he can't get, so there's something fast. about him that is just so fun to watch and like I say he, he looks like he's an option now Chloe, because he was on with you know all through pre-season, they've done the drips and the drabs with the subs, and with all due respect to, to McConnell, McConnell, like, yeah. like they're not going to be in the team, they're not going to be there. They were throwing off, for example. Ben Doak came on with the with the big guns. Yep. You know I mean, with Elliot and with your Simicast. These are first team squad players, and Ben Doak was in the first team squad. It looks like he is the backup right winger at the moment. Yeah, he's got to be. And uh, you know, there's some people saying don't send them out on loan. I don't think that's even an option. It no. can't be an option. He is incredible. And if you give him the last 15 minutes after you've tied the team out and just let him go and run a defender into the ground, he'll he'll get the end product. There was a time where I think he tried to pass it into the middle to Luis Diaz. He had a little bit too much on the pass, um, but that'll come and he'll become such a weapon when we break teams down and then we just lob Ben Doak on for 15. Um, yeah, he's got something to say. And also, Salah will be missing for the AFCON for a little bit. I'm okay to see Ben Doak there. I also think well, like, he could tear the Europa League into bits. Um, oh, yeah. so we'll round up on the forward options here, Dan, but like, it does feel like this is... It's almost headaches for Jürgen Klopp and he's got decisions to make negatively. Really. It's almost like fitting... I don't know, he's got to, I've got to find a number six from somewhere. I've got to mm. find my left-back. Is he a left-back? Is he a centre-back? I don't know yeah. what he is. Up front, he's got everything. He's got every type of player you can want. And going into Sunday's game, it's like it's like being at a buffet where it's like, choose what you want. You can have it all. And it's all good. Mm -hmm. He's We know Salah's in. But then if he wants Gakpo in the nine, he can use him there. He can use Jota up front. He can use Jota on the left. He's got Diaz. He's got Darwin. Like the option, he can put Gakpo as Nate if he really wants them all on the pitch. That's the that's, that's a nice decision that the manager's got to make. And to be honest, as long as it's Salah plus two others, there aren't many bad ways you can go about this really no there aren't I agree with that I think for me you could, you could probably split them in, in two halves to be honest with you our six attacking options I think you've got your three sort of intelligent 
your bankers, you know what you're going to get from them week in, week out. And that's Jota. Diogo Jota's clinical. We know what he's all about. He'll score your goals. Cody Gakpo, incredibly intelligent footballer. I don't need to sit here and wax the about him. I do that enough. I absolutely adore him. I think he's a brilliant player. Mohamed Salah does Mohamed Salah things. He's always going to us. I think they're your three bankers for me personally. They're the three. You know what you're going to get from them week in, week out. They're not really going to underperform. They're going to deliver time and time again. I think he's actually got three. X Factor stroke wild cards with Darwin Nunes, Ben Doak, and Luis Diaz. Diaz is probably on the brink of those two. I think he's more consistent than the others. But with Nunes, even last night when Nunes comes on, and you talk about the press earlier, and it's sort of in sync, and everyone knows when to go at the right time, and it's sort of a trigger point and all that. Nunes is still a little bit headless chicken for me in that. And there's this time last night when he's sort of ploughing a lonely furrow and just chasing lads, which is great because you like to see that enthusiasm. We all adored Andy Robertson when he did it against Manchester City, for example, but he doesn't seem to fully get it still to me, Darwin Nunes. So I think he does remain sort of the wild card, the X factor whenever you do play him. But I mean, Ben Doke, I was in the press box last night, and there's those. The sort of journeyman journalists around me and they're getting up off the seat and I said to you this morning Chris every time the ball got to Doku you just hear this gasp this intake of breath of what are you going to do next and I I was umming and ahhing for weeks about Ben Doku and you just send him out alone because he just needs to play footy but he needs to play footy for Liverpool that's what he needs to do because he's that good he's that special Chloe sort of alluded to it there whenever Mohamed Salah's ran a left back ragged for 70 minutes you throw Ben Doku on that left back and be thinking oh no I do not need this in my life right now this kid who does not care what one iota what yeah. I've done in my life he's going to run at me time and time again he's short but he's strong so he'll, he'll stand up for himself and brush past people I think he's going to be incredible his end product people keep sort of talking about that and it has been lacking in inverted commas so far but some of his deliveries have actually been okay like mm. the one bad one was the Bayern Munich cross which he delivered to Nunes that was disappointing the, 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 throw, the, the, tie. the, the throw tie but he knew, he knew straight away he got it wrong didn't he but some of his pullbacks and stuff like that have been okay it's just been nobody's been arriving at the time yeah. you know what I mean but I think we've got something very, very special with Ben Doak. But yeah, in terms of the attacking options, I sort of round off the point. Boss, all in form, all look great in their own way. I do still think there's there's question marks over Nunes, personally, and I'd like to think they'd have been addressed by now, but they haven't been, clearly. His composure, he's, he's an enigma to me, Darwin Nunes. Early on, in the, few, the first couple of games, you think, OK, he looks more settled now, this looks great. And then two games later, that like, actually... Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, last night, I'm thinking, oh, I don't it's know again. It's easy, be, it's easy to be chilled out, Chloe, when you sat on a sunbed yeah. with a yeah. pina colada. It was like 5am in the morning, one of them, and uh, I fell asleep halfway through it again. Um, he has his boss, by the way, and Joss's boss. Joss is Joss. He's always is. He's going to do what he's going to do. And I think it's great, great headache to have. Who knows what he's going to do? But like I say, I think we always say, don't we, Champions League final 11. I think his front three for Champions League final will probably be Jota, Gakpo, Salah personally because you can just trust them you know what you're going to get the other three just a bit mad some of them aren't they Nunes especially it is it's, it, but it's, it's fun and it's exciting it is fun, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm harking back to Liverpool for Arsenal three that opening day of the season we might need a little <laughs> bit of that until we can get things sorted um, got quite a few super chats to get through before we get to the break and then obviously part two we'll be doing the transfer stuff the first two got two super chats from Khalil the first one was I actually think McAllister was good at the number six but we still need him as an eight or a ten yeah and then he followed that up by, are we going to sign anyone? I hope so. I think we'd all agree we hope so. Um, Khalid says... More should... than one. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. Khalid says, we should move on to Amadou Haidara of Leipzig. I've never seen this player. Oh, oh yeah, I'm on to him, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who that is. Sorry, I apologise. <laughs> I can't tell you if he's brilliant, I, I don't know who that is, so I can only apologise, but I trust your judgment, Khalid. I'll, I'll, I'll have a way with Jörg and Jörg. Um, seen him last night. I only know one Amadou, and that's Amadou and Miriam. 
It's a thing, a, a group. Okay. I think it, I think it's Nigerian music. I, I remember seeing them at Glastonbury. Good, fantastic. Really? Yeah. There you go. There's, there's there's this week's music tip from Chris Craig with the four ninety nine. Jeff, thanks very much. Craig Teb says I was really impressed with Dom last night. McAllister was great in the six when we're in possession, but we need an enforcer for when we're not. Diaz was class. We do need a number six again. We're going to speak about yeah, and I agree. Diaz looks sharp. I've, I've I think I've been the biggest Lewis Diaz. Not doubter, but I think I've been the one who's been least. On the Diaz train a little bit, mm. I think, and I'm on it. Like I am, I, I, I'm still Team Jota, but like Diaz has been brilliant. I know still people laugh at me about it when I say I still, still go Jota on the left, but Diaz has been fantastic so far, and you can't go wrong with him. Um, Luke Burns, thank you very much, Luke. I 100% agree with Steve. Thank you. That's, I'm just going to end talking there. I'm going to read the rest of it out. I 100% agree with Steve. He is so handsome. Have you lost weight? Steve? Oh, thank you. So yeah. much. <laughs> I 100% agree with Steve. The, the attack <laughs> is looking good. Um, and we'll bail us out till the season, till the signings come in. But we, I definitely agree we need two to be brought in. I think we'd all agree no, with that one. Yeah, yeah. Especially with me looking fantastic. Yeah, that was the yeah, best bit. He did well written, Steve. He didn't say that, but I just ad libbed. I think it's fair. Yeah, you know, listen, uh, I, I think I'm looking swell. Really? Yeah. Swollen. Swell. Yeah, as opposed <laughs> to, yeah. as opposed to swollen. Um, ID Silver, ten dollars. Thanks very much, my mate says. I've never been a fan of this new formation. It can be exciting to have Trent float in and out, but I hate the instability and conceding all the time. I miss our old system. I, I get anyone, that, by the way. We were, I, I think we were getting the numbers wrong last night. I think, you know, the idea is probably five and five, and we were six and four for yeah. a lot of that match. Mm. And I just don't think we're playing it right at the moment. And again, you know, that's an issue. It, it's. I think I'm all right. I like the new system. Every system's got positives and negatives. Every single system in the world. I like getting Trent on the ball more. It just means, oh my God, you've got to press the fucking living hell out of the ball. Because if you can get beat by one long ball over the top into an area where Ibu's in trouble, your lads have got to run and run. And someone's got to be able to get back. Um, and you are right. I, I liked McAllister going back to the earlier comments. I think it was from... Um, from Craig, McAllister was all right as a six, but there were times where he, he just drifted, almost like what's the word? Un- subconsciously, just out of the out of the way a little bit. You're right, and then it ends up being seven and four. Trent almost was playing right back again. Does that make sense? He, he was often as a right back. It was it 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 did. You're right. The balance felt off. Um, Connor asks with a fourteen Australian dollar. I think that's super. Thanks very much, Connor. I'm not making any excuses, but are we hamstrung financially because we're upgrading the stadium like Arsenal were? I don't think so. I don't think it should make any odds. Should that it? Was a, it was a loan, wasn't it, from FSG that we've got to repay and stuff? So yeah. I don't think that makes any difference to us. No, um, I, I, I don't. My, my thinking again, and we'll do the transfers very quickly. So, but my thinking on transfers was there was a budget of like forty million quid for a midfielder. I think that's what was left, and that's why they were trying to get Lavia for cheap. Then they sold two lads, and but they, so that budget's probably still there. But I think. The reason everyone could just pay the money, you just use the Fabinho money, I think it's because they want two. And I don't think, the more they spend on this lad, the less they've got for the next lad. It's kind of, that's how I've read it a little bit. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's to do with the stadium. I think the money's there for someone. They, they just, they ha, they're having to buy replacements, lads, they didn't want to lose. We wanted Lavia for weeks. We wanted but Lavia for, but the brief, I know for Henderson. fact. I know for an absolute fact, Liverpool's briefing was, they like Lavia, but at like 30 to 35. Yeah, well, 100% And then they sold two lads, and now all of a sudden, they're paying... 50% more already than he wanted to pay and that still hasn't been enough um, but we'll, we'll, what was the latest bid 45 plus add-ons re- reported to be no it's a, a total of around 45 to 46 yeah. including, including the add-ons 
Southampton won fifty. So I think that I think they're getting close. We'll do the we've got a couple of updates on Lavia coming after the break. But I, I don't to, to, I, honestly I think this is like Liverpool's fault here. They've said all summer long they won fifty. No, I agree with that. Yeah, you, absolutely. You know, it's like going into a shop and asking for a Lucas aid, and you go one pound twenty, you go ninety. Like that fell on the meme. To be fair, he, got, he, he walked out with it. Yeah. So he, he just walked out with it. You just, can't do that with Lavia. You can't just go, just go, just go to St Mary's and just tie him. That, I, I think, think we would... thought Southampton would would bow to us, didn't Which they? Which is and fine, they but like, and I under and you've got to be frugal. Of course, yeah. You've got to try and make get them for as cheap as you possibly can but there is a tipping point before the season starts where you've got no fucking six <laughs> right and the season starts in six days yeah and that, that's the tipping point where it's like actually it's better for us to pay over the odds a little bit here and get him through the door for a week mm. or two weeks because we could have had him for three or four weeks yeah. we could yeah. have had him for six weeks 100%. at this point and yeah. we're probably going to end up spending what they wanted anyway but having him for six weeks less it's, it's, it's daft and all we didn't want to do we don't want to become Chelsea or Man United into negotiations when you walk into the room and they look at each other and go tell you what we can have these for an absolute fortune you'd never want to be that but you're right at some point when Southampton is standing Standing firm on their valuation, you do need to look at yourselves and go, let's just do it then. You know what I mean? And we've long gone that situation now. We're so far down the line. We look stupid if we walk away, and we already look stupid for not paying it weeks ago. We got ourselves into a terrible situation here. Yeah, and we'll touch upon it in a second. Just with one more member, chat from Ben, before we head off at our first break. Ben Jones says, I think we need to get Dom up the field more as he's so dangerous. I think we'll get Lavia before the Chelsea game, and that'll help our attackers. But I'm, I've been very happy with Dom and Macha so far. Like I would, like, he is right. The two we've made look Both good. Signs, they look yeah. really yeah. good signings. And well, I disagree. But I don't think Lavia will play against Chelsea. If no. they, even if they bought him today, I think I just don't think that would happen now. But you are. I, I do see his point as well, though. Like the two we bought look good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fair to say. Right then, we are going to speak about the transfers more in depth after this quick break. Yeah, we've got a new competition. We've obviously just rolled into August. We gave away our legends signed shirt last month. This month's prize for our legends over on Redmen Plus. One of you guys are going to win this a signed shirt by Costa Simicast. See you in a second. Hey, you. Do you like incredible Liverpool memorabilia? Well, I've got a boss prize for you. It is this. It is a signed. Costas Simicast shirt, the man that won us the FA Cup. If you want to be in with a chance within this fabulous shirt, then go to redmanplus.com, sign up or upgrade to legend tier status, and your name will go in the prize draw for this. Yes, get a bit of Costas in your life. Become a legend subscriber on redmanplus.com. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yes, yeah, simply get in that. Sorry, to simply get in that draw, rather, all you got to do is be a legend subscriber over on redmenplus.com. You get loads and loads and loads of content, of course. If you sign up as a legend, you get loads of added perks, one of which is the entry into that prize draw. You also get access to our Discord chat. <laughs> just, just your ass. Oh, was it? Yeah, for those. Fit, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. You got it. apologies, Dan. We tried, we tried to make that. it. We tried to make it look like Dan was already in the room. I like, I like stalled for time. Dan just put his ass in front of the camera Sorry. for those listening. It's That's been like funny. it's been a shambles. What so a far. treat. Anyway, yeah. There you go. Happy YouTubing. There you go. You got Dan's ass for nothing. Um, head Dan's OnlyFans will be available soon. Yeah, um, not free on there though. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway. Back to what I was saying. Be a legend on Red Men Plus. You'll be in that prize draw. We were given that sign, cost that Simicast shirt away at the end of August. Right then, let's do the transfers. A very good friend of the show, Dan's BFF forever, Sasha Tavialeri. He has been all over this news about Romeo Lavia. He's been, he's, I'm pretty sure he's got some pretty good sources by all accounts. Hmm. He has tweeted about it uh, momentarily before. He said, Romeo Lavia is not included today in the cup game with Southampton and he was not at their training camp this morning. The players' side are looking to close the deal today between Liverpool and Southampton. This comes down on the back, of course, of a third bid rejected yesterday. It was Mel Reddy who, of course, first broke that story. Everybody else seemed to pick up on it and confirmed it was true. Um, It's... Chris is right. They've got to, they've got to a stage now where they're, they're already paying what they didn't they didn't want to pay. My sense, looking at it, the only way I can understand this now and feel tell me if I'm an idiot, you can tell me I'm wrong and please do so in the comments. YouTube, I'm mm. fine with it. They got to a stage where they thought he's not going to play against Chelsea anyway. Um, we're not that arsed if he's not here for Bournemouth. Can we get? So can we save some money on this? Can we? Can we get? Can we get up? Because if, even if you say like people go just pay the extra three, four, five million quid, that's still three, four, five million quid. It's still money that they probably already they're paying more than they're comfortable with. I think it's been it's, it's well known what Liverpool thought he was worth, and they've just basically been backed into this situation now where they're going to end up overpaying a bit. That's the only way I can get my head around this is that they've thought. Well, there's no rush now. The rush would have been three weeks ago. Once you got to a certain point, it's a bit like when you're late, once you're late for work, you're late. You might as well, what, what you mean? You, you might as well not try and get the speed and take it now because you're already late. You know what I mean? You're really putting your foot down on the motorway. Mm. The second it takes over past nine o'clock, well, I'm late anyway. So do you, I might as well just. Yeah, but you don't stop with a costa then on the way in after that, do you? Um, I, I don't know about that. I think I think we'd look really stupid amongst all this. No, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, listen, Liverpool come out of this looking badly. Yeah. I, what I, my belief is, and I, well, I, I say belief, I know this for a fact, it isn't Liverpool leaking the, leaking the information no. with these bids out. Southampton are being very, very clever. They are doing this. 
they're saying to Lavia and his camp, we're, we're, they know what they, they know what the money is. Mm. Liverpool didn't just pay the first fee for any player. They just never. Liverpool have never gone to unless it's a release clause. Liverpool have never gone to a team after and gone. How much do you want for him? Okay, sound. No one ever, in the history of transfers, no one does that. It's, but it is the fact that it's got out and it's taken ages and the fact that we've got no defensive midfielders that's what's making everyone think oh my god these look amateurish here oh absolutely yeah and we don't often get embroiled in these sort of things do we like you say for whatever reason maybe it just doesn't get out the fact that we do have bid rejected or whatever but in recent history especially we haven't tended to this our transfers haven't played out in this manner let's put it that way um, and like I say Southampton fair play to them for A sticking to the guns on their valuation of the player and of course like I say fair play to them for sort of leaking it out in the way that they have because it has made us look really really bad and I guess they're not adverse to that given what happened with Van Dijk a few years ago especially so yeah I can't really blame them for that uh, for us from our point of view I, I alluded to it earlier I think it's been really poorly handled I think we've known I first spoke to Sasha Tavlieri who sent me a voice note by the way in that break I didn't get a chance to listen to it because I was rushing back um, I spoke to him about two months ago about Liverpool and Lavia. Like, this isn't new. John, listen to it, by the way. No, I won't listen to it, yeah, because it could be something. Like, it could be interesting. It could, um, be, it could be only dance. It could be only dance related. <laughs> Most likely, he gets it for free. Um, but yeah, we've known for so long that we want Lavia. He's been on our radar. And he was on our radar like when we knew we just needed the extra midfielder before Fabinho and Henderson left. So why is it taking so long? Were we waiting, perhaps, for a different opportunity, maybe a Chiu many to come along or a Caicedo to present itself or whatever it may be? Is that what we're waiting for? How, how much would we have been for Caicedo? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Maybe we're trying to say, but if now, all of a sudden now we're saying we need two, which I agree with, by the way. You've got your 50 million and then maybe your 30, 40 million lad on top of that. Maybe that's your 90 million for just Caicedo or just Chiumeni or whatever. That's the only way I can sort of rationalise it in my head because to me, I've if I've known for a month and two months to have Hampton on 50 million for Romeo Lavia and that Liverpool want the player, then Liverpool, Yorkshire Magic, have definitely known that as well. So why are we now six days out from playing Chelsea and we've just had a half an hour conversation about sort of shoehorning a lad who isn't naturally a six into playing a six. Why are we in this situation? It's, it's... one of your big summer signings as well. And we've, known, we've known for so long we were desperate for a six. That was such a weakness last year. Fabinho was miles off at the times. He got better, and I agree with your point earlier, Chris, about when a lad comes alongside you, it takes some of the burden off. I think that's why we've seen a better version of Fabinho. But he was so poor last year that it was an area we needed anyway to strengthen. And then he leaves. This has been, it's been mismanagement, it's been negligent, it's been abysmal from Liverpool this. And I'm not a big critique of what we do. I think we do really well in transfer business, generally speaking, but this has been horrendously handled. There's, there's a, anyone who's played poker, right, and if you've tried to bluff somebody, right, and then they're going over the top on you, there's a point where you just have to give up your bluff. Exactly. We Liverpool have had no defensive midfielders and are trying to go around going, and this is early on before the Fabinho and the Henderson stuff, we'll have a little look at Graven Birch, we'll have a little look at Kefram Choram, we'll have a little look at Kone or whatever it is, and then they come back and it's like, well, we'll give you 35. Well, Because we're interested in these other players. They all die. So they go, right, you're only interested in us and Lavia. Then you lose... Your DMs in Henderson and Fabinho and Milner and Milner and you're supposed to be in a you're not in a strong position to negotiate. You're in the worst possible position to negotiate at that point because yeah. you have absolutely nobody who can play the position and you're trying to get their man for cheap. It ain't gonna work. Yeah. It was never going to work the way that they played <coughs> out. There is a point where you have to give up on the bluff, and Liverpool should have given up on the bluff two to three weeks ago. And it looks like they're probably close about to give up on it. They're gonna they're gonna end up paying. 
where they get Jamie Carragher tweeted. Oh, sorry, I've just... Um, and I'm, by the way, even if they don't get 50, Southampton wouldn't have been asked. Because Southampton might have been saying 50, 50, 50, and no all along they'd accept 45. Yeah, almost. If, if, and we'll, we'll find out what that, yeah, we'll find out what that deal comes to. Jamie Carragher tweeted just... We had a, we had a members chat there asking him what we think of the Carragher comment. This was from Stuart Armstrong, one of our members. So for those who don't know, Carragher... After Paul Drew's tweet out about the bids getting rejected, Carragher, this is embarrassing. Liverpool for years, I've got deals done quickly with no fuss. If you don't think he's worth 50 million quid, then move on. And if you really want him, they pay you. Also, I'm not sure why Liverpool are in for Casado. Yes, it's a lot of money, but Liverpool got big money for Henderson and Fabinho. So let's start with the first bit. This is kind of, and again, it is Liverpool for years, and I've got deals done quickly with no fuss. I don't know if I agree with that, because it's, we were in for Alexis McAllister for months and he had the freaking release clause, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I disagree with that part of it, but the second part is right. He's either worth what the other team wants, you think they're alliance, yeah, or you don't think he's that good enough, and in which case you need to be going elsewhere. If Liverpool don't think this lad's a £50 million midfielder, sound, I'm not sure he is myself, but if they don't think he is, then he's not going to solve your problems at the end anyway, because he can't be that good. You know, I think that's what Jamie Carrick is getting. He's either... He's, if he's the only one we're going to get or he, it looks like he's the first choice he, Liverpool obviously want him to be their number six going forwards this season and he's going to be first choice in that position maybe Stefan Pacheta I don't know but in that situation he probably is he has to be worth the money and if he's not what the fuck are you buying him for because go and find someone else I think that's what Jamie Carragher's point is and I, I understand it yeah it's very much like what we've all said if you know the, it's the player that we clearly liked we wanted we wanted him as an understudy to Fabinho <coughs> and at that point we wanted him for 35 mil that's what we believed he was Liverpool didn't help themselves by selling Fabinho and people can sit here and say 40 mil for Fabinho's boss considering what we paid for him but at the end of the day I'm now sat here five six days away from the Premier League starting without an actual DM it clearly wasn't worth 40 mil if I don't have any, anything and that 40 mil isn't getting me Lavia because he's now 50 mil actually um, so it is a case where Liverpool if they believed he was worth that much at some point down the line where you say two three weeks ago they should have said look lads we've got to get him into the team get him into pre-season get him situated with what we want him to do in our plan and get him used to the style so then when it comes to the season he's perfect he's fitted into the team and we can go straight into it and at that point that's when Liverpool should have just said yeah they are here's, here's 50 mil here's what you wanted now we've got to a point where bringing him in now probably wouldn't change anything because we're clearly trying to suit McAllister or Curtis Jones to be the replacement right now for that that's it, that position sorry Um. And it's very much a case of we're going to pay the, set, the, the the money anyway. So you might as well have done it three weeks ago when he actually could have had a pre-season under Jürgen Klopp and understood the system better. Right, you, yeah. you, you, listen, Romeo Lavia could come in and play really well in the first game he plays, and that could be that. He could. Mm. But we haven't but. given him the best foundation for that. And that's on us. Yeah. You know, it if, feels like if he it. does it, it's, it's not because of the way Liverpool have handled it. It's because he was so damn good. And I do get why Liverpool, he's 19 years old, I do get why Liverpool don't want to spend 50 million on a guy who's I not don't. finished growing, yeah. by the way, because that's when a lot of young players have problems when yeah. they go through that 19 to 21 year thing. And so I get why they don't want to spend 50 million pounds on a player. But if, you know, again, this is poor planning. 
This only got us into this yeah. situation. You know, you could have spent 50 million on a 24-year-old, but you've chosen the 19-year-old. <laughs> you've decided that he's going to be the future. Now, he might not be ready right here today. You are paying for his future. Potential, You're right. paying for his potential and everything else, aren't you? And that's what Liverpool have clearly fallen in love with. But again, you've got a plan for the here and now, and you've got a plan for the future at the same time. And I feel like over the last three years, Liverpool's planning hasn't been excellent. You know, we've carried too many players for too long who should have been moved on. We've carried, we've had too much loyalty to those players. We've not replaced quickly enough. We've not invested enough in the squads in terms of new players. We've invested a lot in wages and that should be commended and stuff, but we should have had a bigger squad. We should have not gone into last season with a shit midfield. We should have not gone into a couple of years ago with a shit defence. You know, these are mistakes that aren't just this summer. This has happened three out of the last five summers. And that's a problem that Liverpool fans need to recognise and need to look at and go, well, are we fixing this moving forwards? What's interesting about Chloe, if you don't mind, Chris, is that... And the owners get a lot of stick, and I'm looking at the comment section now, and it's it's full of it as is as often as the thing. And for the most part, some sometimes it's just noise. Sometimes you you agree with what's being said. If is the, this doesn't feel, and I might be wrong on this, Lav, you want this doesn't feel like an ownership thing. This feels like a football personnel recruiting thing. Because I mean, listen, if they're, if they're about to pay fifty million quid for them, it's the money's there. The, the, so the budget's there. It 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 just feels like. Whether it's Klopp, Schmanke, whatever it is, that part of the business has got this one wrong because if they're going to pay it anyway, which it looks like they're going to do, it must have always been there. I, I doubt they've gone knocking at, at the budget and asked for more. I think the Jürgen's always said the budget's set, and I got told what the budget is, and then I can spend it. This one feels like some, someone somewhere has decided we're just going to try and get them for cheaper. I've got a theory that Liverpool always want to try and win the negotiation all the time. They want to look like they've won every deal, whether it's selling a player or buying a player. They always want to feel like they, we got, we got the better of that one. We got him for cheaper than he was worth. Look how look how smart we were, or we've just rinsed you for this one. And you're because they had no leverage in this situation. They had no, they had no way they could win this negotiation. The only way of getting this player out was Southampton meeting the asking price. And this is what I don't. This Liverpool don't always do that because Sobislai is a perfect example. Well, that's a release clause. That's, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know what you want to pay for him, you pay it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've decided straight off but, the but bat. But you can't win that. You can't win that negotiation. Well, because that's what that's, I'm saying. They don't need to do that every single you time. Need, you said yeah, they yeah. need to win every negotiation. They don't always. They can just pay the release. Yeah, course. sorry, I apologize. It, it, and in no this situation, you could have just paid the fifty million. They asked. No, I agree. They should have. <laughs> yeah, it's that, the same as yeah. release clause, essentially. If they're, if they're digging the heels <laughs> and saying exactly. we won't do it, it's the same. No, thing. listen, I'm agreeing with you. I think that's 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 my point. In this situation, it feels like they just like what they always want to feel like they've come. Everyone does in every situation. Of course you do. That's a natural human thing. But sometimes you've got to be humble enough to go you know what we are we, we've, we're in a bit of a fucking pickle here we need to just get out of it what is the release clause of City and do they have a sell on next year they can get in for 40 mil and, and they have get, 20% they're profit. getting 20% of whatever Southampton get now so in theory it's it's better actually the, the as long as the add-ons are realistic it's better for Southampton to get a smaller fee this up front and then get the add-on money because City get twenty yeah. percent of the initial fee. Yeah. But those add-ons have to be realistic. And that's only the so, profit as well. So and that's the profit, yeah, yeah, on the profit, yeah. But there's the point then in terms of like 
if you know he's already going to go for 40 anyway next season and City will probably, you know, cash that in to then just go and sell him to someone else and get a bigger fee because that's what the deal do. They did it with Calvin Phillips and look, in two years' time, he'll still go for maybe five million under what they bought him for. So if you already knew that City, the best in the league, have the chance to get him next year and probably will do it, you know that you're going to have to go higher than what that release clause is. You know they're going to want 40 million minimum, especially especially if they've got an initial release clause on. Because if you, if you turn up to them and give them 40 mil, they're going to sit there and be like, no, because 20% of it is actually going yeah. to Manchester City right now. So we'll just wait till next season and get a full 40 mil for them. So why Liverpool haven't took that into consideration as well is a bit beyond me. They probably, again, it looks like, I, I might be wrong, I might, this might be foolish, it looks like they're going to get it done, it looks like they're going to get him in. The question remains, Chris, if we if we presume Lavi is the one and he's going to be the one who they like, fair enough, that's on them. I actually back Liverpool's judgment of players a lot. I think they're really good at signing players. When they spend money on players, they tend to get it right. I think that's obvious. We always say they should spend more, but when they spend money, more often than not, they get it spot on. Naby Keita's probably the worst big money signing they've made. There's question marks over new and, Dow- and Dow- yeah, and Darwin's the only other one at the moment. Everyone else, really, you would think. When they spend big dough, they get it right. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that this lad's the man. I might be. I, I've got my own doubt. I'm, I'm. I'm not convinced yet. I hope he is. I hope he's brilliant. I hope he's as good as they think. But they are going to need others. It. It leads me onto this Andre stuff. Um, Love him. Like him a lot. Brilliant. Would rather him over Lavia. It might get both. Um, at time recording, they're playing tonight. Mm-hmm. Fluminense yeah. in in the Copa Libertadores. So bear, in mind, bear that in mind. If they go out, if they get knocked out. We can buy them. There's, there's, a, basically. there's a very good chance. Probably not twenty mil. Probably more like forty mil euro, thirty milish. But um, is again, is that maybe enough? Uh, that's, that's I don't two. think this, I don't think that's that sorts the squad out. I think no, that sorts the midfield out. Yeah, there's still there's a defender to then get done. But it feels like there might be a chance to. Um, to get to them very, very quickly. Now, if Fluminense go through tonight, does that mean we're not just signing another one? The, 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 that's, what I, that's my worry on this one. That doesn't feel like a very well thought out plan. You're hoping that another team gets knocked out of a competition <laughs> to have their lad, and if he doesn't, shrug your shoulders. I hope, again, Sobos like came from nowhere. So you bear in mind, there's, the, 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 there might be other deals getting done behind the scenes where another name pops out of nowhere. But, again, it... it I'm, I, I haven't seen enough of Andre to make a judgment on him one way or the other. I've seen the YouTube highlights where he looks like a little nasty fella and he's got a bad muzzy. They're the only two things I can tell you about him. <laughs> that bad muzzy suits being a DM though, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah better yeah. than any other position on the field, that suits. Yeah. You can imagine him two foot on someone. You're not a right winger with that, are you? No, you can't. Two foot on someone and then just twiddling it a little bit. As he's laying on the floor. Yeah, But other than that... Yeah, so that, that that could be. It feels like that might be the plan. I guess I don't know. What, 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 how are you reading this whole situation with him? It wasn't the plan. Okay. Or do you think Liverpool just using his name to get the cer- lab? I don't know. It certainly wasn't the plan because well, the, the plan was to keep Fabinho yes, and play this season. Mm, yeah, that was the plan, and the plan this season was to go in and and do the um, the, the the you know the three box three formation with Trent, and that might not be the plan right now because with what Jürgen Klopp's saying. Liverpool are rolling with the punches right now and they're under serious pressure and it's not just FSG that will be getting under pressure. It's the football people inside the club for me. You know, they, they've made some questionable decisions. Um, you know, we know that Liverpool aren't as... don't have as much money as the other teams and some people will show that in different ways. I 
think, and I've said this for close on a year now, I don't know whether FSG can keep us at the top challenging year in, year out on this playing field that we're in. In fact, I think very much that they can't, to be honest with you. I think they've done a good job at times of making sure that we're up there, but we've had a team that can challenge for the league title for four years and we've challenged in two of them. And I think that's there's been mistakes made for the other two, which is why we maybe haven't... You could go back maybe another year, maybe we've challenged three years. Um, you know, there, there have certainly been mistakes made. We've had two absolutely horrendous seasons when we shouldn't have had horrendous seasons. We're out of the Champions League. This is a this is this is a situation that was brought on us by our football team last season and by the lack of investment last summer. Um, we should have sorted that out very very early doors, and it looked like for all the world we were going to sort that out early doors this summer, and we didn't sort that out early doors this summer. The same things each summer seem to be cropping up and the same mistakes seem to be getting made. There's major issues with the Michael Edwards, the Julian Ward, the Schmacker stuff. The changing of people behind the scenes is a massive concern to me uh, each and every day because if you've got no stability behind the scenes, your football team <coughs> has no stability. Yeah. You know, There's no way for you to move forwards and stuff. So I think these are very, very trying times. And I think Jürgen is making the best of a bad situation. Jürgen will keep us competitive because of his will and because of his ability as a football coach. And, you know, we do have very, very good players, but it's going to be a struggle this season. We're not going to challenge for the title, and that's a really bad position. With the players that we've got, the reason we're not going to challenge for the title is the massive holes that we've got right now. And i be honest, I don't see that Lavia or Andre are going to change that fact this season. They might change it in two years, in three mm. years' time, yeah. you know, love, yeah. But right now we've got a we've got the the nucleus of a team that can challenge for a league title. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we're wasting another year if we don't sign a couple of players that take us to be able to challenge. And, and like I say, the the it feels like they are gonna sign to, to wrap it up close. Like they're gonna get they are gonna I think they're gonna sign at least two. I think they might actually sign for this. I think there's a defender something happening there um, as well. It's just now where it, is it a case of? Because I disagree. I actually think Liverpool can challenge the title. I think they, I think they're going to be closer. I don't know. I don't know they'll win it. I think it's impossible to ever predict that Man City won't win the title. I think you've just a, that's got to be your default position. I think Liverpool can. I think the firepower is what gets me there. But it, they can't right now. But I think with two, maybe two. I say two, maybe three. I think they would could do it. It's just now. We've got to get past that Newcastle if game. If you give me Guardiola and Declan Rice, we'd challenge for the title. We'd probably oh, win it. Long, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're yeah. not going for those type of players. No. no. They're, no, proven. I, I, They're tried and tested. Proven. No, I, I agree yeah, with you. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I get you. I, I completely agree. You are right. I still think there's enough good players and great players in the squad where they can. But you, it goes back to my thing before. You, 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 the margins are thin. Man City's margins are wider because if Guardiola's shit, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. He could be fucking crap. I think he's not going to be, by the way. I think he's brilliant. But if he's rubbish... They don't have to play him. That's that's just the difference in in the ownership. The, the, the flip side of that is, of course, they don't play by the rules. You know what I mean? Arsenal, as good, like for example, if Rice is crap, Arsenal fucked because that that's the difference between both sides. They spent a lot of money on him. It was the same with us with Van Dijk and Allison. If one of those two were rubbish, we were knackered. City mm. haven't got that worry. That's the, that's the difference in it. Again, I, I suspect Declan Rice is going to be really good, but if he just shits the bed, it gets too big for him. He just isn't of the level. 
Arsenal are in trouble. They're the, they're the fine margins. And that's, that's my worry, Coke, to come back to you, with the Lavia fingers, that he's another one. But isn't that sort he of... Be... Isn't that sort of what... Sorry to interrupt. Isn't that sort of what Dan was sort of saying before about the Casado thing? Is that you've got one that's almost a surefire, mm-hmm. successful thing. And that's what Arsenal have done. They've yeah. not gone for a 40 yeah. million player and a 50 million player. They've gone, I'm going for what I believe is the surefire fucking... Yeah. Answer to my problems. Yeah. And, and we're say, gambling on two, basically. And we're gambling on two. You say yeah. this, my thinking is, right, I don't think they spend 50 million quid on a gamble. I think they think he's brilliant. I, I, they might be, I, I think you have yeah, to. That's what I'm saying. They might be wrong. They, it feels to me they think he could, as much as it's 51 quid, it's a fucking lot of money. It's one of Liverpool's most expensive ever transfers. That's what they're going to pay. It's going to be the most expensive transfers ever been made from a championship club. You know, Madison holds that record currently mm. from like two weeks ago. They're about to break that. This is my point. I think they think he's brilliant, and I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. But I've got my doubts. You know that, that that's my point of view. So I, that, that's why I think if Liverpool get him and he's as good as they think he is, I think they can challenge. I think they're always gonna be playing on the margins. It's gonna be dead hard to beat City. Arsenal were fucking brilliant, as good as they've been for years, and they finished miles away from Man City. Man City have set the bar so high, but they've got. I think they have got the benefits of it. Doesn't matter. I think again, I go back to it. If Rice is crap, Arsenal will be nowhere near it. If Lavia's crap, we'll be nowhere near it, and that that's the that's the margins that we're all playing in here. My United are the same; they made a couple of big money signings. If any of them are rubbish, they've been nowhere near it. They need this lad up front who mm-hmm. they need them to be boss, and we're going to speak about that later on the buyer show. But to, to go back to it, Chloe, very quickly before we start wrapping up, if it is Andre and Lavia and one more defender, how would you see Liverpool? Sorry, pitch? does anyone think we're going to sign three? No, no. I do. Yeah, I, do. I hope we do. I, I hope we do, but I don't think we're going to sign three. I, I, I think they're going to sign Lavia another mid. And I think the defender just comes out of nowhere yeah. for me. Where's that going to come from? I think I, I, who's I, available? I think they'll find. I think they'll find. It might be. A, I think it'll be a young defender, but I think they'll sign one. But anyway, if, if okay, then let's 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 say they do. Are you happy with the window at that point? Although it's been you know better late than never. Where do you think Liverpool are? Um, top four. That is probably the hype that I'm going to give them. To be honest, I don't. Once again. Lavia might be an unbelievable player. I don't think he's worth 50 mil. Uh, right now I do, though, because uh, I'm running out of time. Um, <laughs> but I don't think he's the player. I don't think he has the height of Fabinho right now. He might do in a couple of years' time. Um, but like you mentioned, he's not going to come in and slot in. And I don't think... He might make us better right now, but I don't think he's going to make us the team that Liverpool were when they're not the best. Um, he might be able to do that two, three years, <coughs> but he's not for now. He's a 19-year-old See, lad. And God I get, forbid, I know, he I, gets some stress do you, do, you, do you think that, 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 that... Surely they don't think that? Because they don't know... But they, they wanted him as an understudy anyway. He should have been an understudy. He still should be an yeah. understudy, in my opinion. They wanted him, wanted him as understudy. the understudy. Yeah. So he can't now just become your number so, one. And I so like him, by the way. I'm a big fan of his. No, he's I'm, going I'm, to be a good player. I agree... To an extent, my, and I'll come to you on this one, Daniel, maybe I'm the only one who's thinking this, is that if they don't think he's that good, why are they paying 50 million quid for him? Because they really want the him. I think there's a little bit of that future-proofing going on, personally. I think we know that every big club, including Manchester City, although I'm not convinced they'd go back from next year, depends where they're at with their Yeah, I, stuff, I, I didn't think they would. Rodgers, um, he's like 26, Exactly, exactly that, yeah. I just and feel like they'd do it to sell Maybe, and, and by that point, who knows who they'll have unearthed from somewhere else. So that remains to be seen. But regardless of which, I think Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, every single big club, Real yeah. Madrid, Barcelona, would have wanted and stroke do want Romeo Lavia. So I think there's a little bit of future-proofing going on with 
this signing. We know he's going to be world-class in two, three years' time, so let's get in now while we can, <coughs> which is good. That's smart, of course it is. But for the here and now, it doesn't take you to where we want to be. And where we want to be is challenging for the title, is a guaranteed certified top four. That should be the bare minimum. We want to be above that. And you're right, though, by the way. You're right to make the point, because I agree. But... Romeo Lavia, for me, as he is the footballer right now, doesn't take us back to title challenges. He should be the understudy to the lad who does take us back to title also, challenges. Also, you know, you've just mentioned a, a young centre-half there. Well, I'm worried about Robbo at this moment in time. So if you're only getting a young lad who potentially can't come in, everyone wanted Levi Colwell, that boat has gone. He was the one who, he was young enough, but I thought, yeah, he slots right in, in him. I'm sat here, Mickey van der Ven's gone off to Spurs. That's the lad that we wanted. Um... I, I don't know who's available to begin with. I don't know who we're looking at. I don't know who can come in and slot in in case Robbo cannot understand the system. He was getting far too high the other day. You, you can't have both of them going at the same time. And the other thing is, this other midfielder, if we're spending over the budget of what we wanted to spend now on Lavia, then who the hell am I getting for £30 million who's good enough to come and help us out there? I'm his hands, We're all Argentina's juniors fans. Uh, we are, but... Who knows if they'll go? It, it, it's really bad. You're right, though, to the point you made earlier. If they win tonight, Fluminense, they're at home with 1 1 from the first leg. If they win tonight, what are the Yorks Mads going to clap? Look at each other and go, oh, well, that's that then. Yeah. Like, what do you do next? And they're just they smacks at Yorks Mads of the really poor planet. <laughs> and it just shows you again, like we touched upon it earlier, like our, our best laid plans and sort of our proactiveness in the window looked really impressive because we went and got McAllister dead quick, yeah. dead cheap, boss, happy days. We then sort of capitalised on the Sobersai opportunity, brilliant, all made up. Then as soon as something negative happened, i.e. Henderson and Fabinho leaving, we can't react to it. And this is where we're at now, three weeks later, we've got no one else through the door and who knows what happens next. I'm, I'm pretty sure bef- the, the show before I went on holiday, I think we all sat here and literally all of us turned around and said, we'll sign to you within the next two weeks. We, I'm sat here three weeks later we and we've signed right. no one. Yeah. Should have done, yeah. You're right, you're right. We'll start wrapping up there. We've got a few super chats to get to before we do. Um, let you, then I'll let you guys know what's coming up later on. Um, the guys over at the Born and Red Show, hello guys, hope you're enjoying it, watching us. Say, Klopp is a genius, but all genius needs United efforts. It's a big two weeks ahead. It's longer than two weeks, isn't it? How long First September, it's like three weeks. Three, we've got three, 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 Two weeks previously, if you just signed his yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just in terms of the actual footy matches, that may be part of that one. Nigel's complimentary of you. Says Chloe for Jürgen's assistance. We would see a difference straight away. There you go. You could be the new Peplinders. Go Don't off me now, Nigel. You're back, are you? You're back, yeah. Chloe's <laughs> back, Josh Owen, <laughs> thanks to you. Josh Owen, thanks for your super chat. Says your mate Sasha just tweeted. Yeah, we, we read that before. Jack saying, yeah, he said, Lavia's looking to seal the deal today. Well, fingers crossed. Hopefully it all works out. And then the last one, very quickly, because I'll get your thoughts on this one. Uh, I think that's Algebra. Apologies, I've got your name wrong. What's your opinion on Bacchetta? Just the DM. He was good last season, but he's only 19. Could the, would we not be better off spending fifty million on a class centre back and playing him instead? That's my yeah. Um, I, I love Pachetic. I think there's. I think there might be some behind the scenes concerns about his injury, um, and what the the next couple of years looks like for him. Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable with just him going in. Obviously, as a, as a DM this season, the centre back thing I find quite interesting because are we looking for a centre back or are we looking for a left back that can play centre back or a centre back that can play left back? And I think if you for me, I'd be centre looking at a centre back who can play left back. That's a really small pool of players, yeah. and that's why I don't think Liverpool are going to sign them. I think they're they are. I think I, I think they're looking. For, I actually, I just think they're looking for someone who's better than Matip. I think they're going to play. With, I think Robertson's going to play all year. Which is going to be, which is a gamble again. I think they're yeah. backing him. 
I think they're going to look at someone who's better than Matip. As a, I, I don't hey, think that improves your team. I think that's no, no, it improves your squad. Yeah, I, 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 I'm always about improving my team, mate. I'd uh, go centre back who can play a left back if I had yep. the choice. You might be right. That might be the way that they go, but like fucking. Canate injury issues, Matip injury issues, you kind of Gilmez injury issues, form issues. You're right, we need somebody for that sort of that role and stuff, but, but like they're not beating Canate on his day. Yeah, you're not yeah, you're not you need to sort out the, the people who are team. on the pitch that yeah. you they, they play for you. Get rid of them. Mm. Get lads in who can play every week. Not add another player to an injury prone bunch. That's just I think it's bad planning. It's what got us into the defence being shit a couple of years ago with the midfield being fucking I, I, I think I think you're right. The last part is why they're doing it. I think they're getting massive replacements in a year early. So I think it's going to be a youngish player who just who was the, a little bit like what Canate was. Canate come in and he wasn't playing straight away. Mm. He was Matip's replacement. It just happens that Matip's still here. You know what I mean? But Canate is the... I think they're going to get try and get someone in now to be that because, that's. But again, I might be wrong on that. Very, very quickly, we, we've gone a bit long here. Wasn't Canate Matip's replacement? That's what I'm saying. Okay. In the first team, but now I think they need Matip's replacement as the fourth, third, fourth choice. That, I don't think they're going to sign because yeah. I'd, gonna, I'd buy a centre half who can that? play left back. Who would I would as well, team. but I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think Robbo's the left back to go. Um, Jamie to round up with one more super chat says, I think we'll sign Lavia and a young centre back, and then we'll get the second midfielder in January, maybe Andre. I mean, that is flying by the seat of your pants. Maybe you are that way. You're going back to what you said before, you're relying on Lavia and Bacchetta, just your two DMs, two teenagers. Jesus Christ. And Tiago to drop in every now and then, and maybe maybe McAllister as well. Who knows? Yeah, there's a a lot going on with the old transfers. I've not I? felt better after this, by the way. I've felt actually. I'm like, excited for the. I'll be honest. I'm excited. I'm excited for the season. Like this, this is all. I I, I understand that. I get it all. But there'll be, there's nothing ever that could stop me being excited for Liverpool's first no, game of the season. That. I don't care who's on the pitch or anything. I, it'll be Sunday afternoon, and I'll be fucking buzzing. There's, there's nerves. It's a, and. I am not as confident as I use, sometimes I'm going into Liverpool seasons, but there's a, I'm I'm super excited about Can it. Can we do a predictions? Maybe this is for biased actually in terms of predictions for game week one, or can that be unbiased? I mean, no. What's your bigger concern? Sorry, I know you're going to Mine's probably the left back situation at the minute, you know. Mine's that mine is that we don't have a defensive midfielder. Yeah. No, but I think yeah. that's going to get. A, I'm certain. That's mine gonna get is fixed. that the defensive yeah. midfielder is going to get fixed. Whereas okay. the left back thing isn't. I don't think it is though. But anyway, Lavi is, Lavi is. I, I, hope, I hope he's brilliant. I hope he's brilliant. There are concerns. And the last one, I'll be honest, my biggest concern is this fucking system. It terrifies oh, me. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I am terrified of kick, lads who kick the ball that far behind us. It really scares me. Like, I shouldn't think, be that. I shouldn't be that. My biggest concern is reading into Klopp's, what he said last, last night about, you know, having to change the formation and stuff. I don't think that's a good headspace for your manager to be in at the end of a summer and the start of a season to be honest with you where he thinks and he said all season long we need to get lads through the door we need to get lads through the door yeah. want a settled squad going into it I want this I want that and then to have him upset and questioning whether the formation's right for the players that you've got on the eve of a Premier League season is not good and I just wonder whether Jürgen's a little bit disappointed now this summer's played out and I wonder whether that's going to have a knock-on effect to anybody else. Yeah, but, and it's, you're absolutely right. It, it, his comments, it looks like he's a bit pissed. I think that was almost his way of saying get this fucking done. Yeah, and I don't it, think it that, was. It, I, absolutely. No, and I, but I don't I think it's so. a surprise then that this Lavia stuff might be taking an, another turn today. If maybe he's just gone in and gone, for fuck's sake, lads, just get me this player. I'll get through Chelsea, get me in for Bournemouth, please. And then, because you've got to remember, Liverpool only played like four games in like 40 days. 
you know, competitive games. There's not much footy. They they play once a week for three weeks, mm. and then there's this fucking international break again, which is which is a bad thing that's happening early September. So I, I do think there is time to get it right. You know what I mean? In, that's in why teams go in undercooked, isn't it? My Man City lose every single charity shield because they, they are undercooked, and then you you'll, you can ju- you, you hope that you get through the season. The fixtures might not have been kind. Um, Craig says, "Chris, can you give us a smile? You look very down with a super chat." Mm-hmm. Craig was feeling. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's just annoying, that. isn't it? It you is. should have sorted this shit out. Can we end on a positive? Fussy yeah. starts. Fussy starting. Watch we'll we'll What are you most looking forward to for the Reds? Uh, something mad against Manchester United, like another 6 0 or a 7 0. I think eight, we're going to be Chelsea 4 2. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> I, I have it in me, me thing for, for bias later. I think Liverpool are going to be the top scorers, and that's always fun to watch. Loads, goals are plenty. Yeah, speaking of bias, mm-hmm. we'll be over on Redmen Plus very, very shortly with the Bias Transfer Podcast. We'll have a little look at what's going on around the league in terms of incomings and outgoings, and then we'll all be making our season predictions where we predict in the champions, top six. Who's going to win the Champions League? Mad random shout, random shout of the season already. We'll definitely come back to these at the end of the season and look who made an absolute fool of themselves. So if you want to head over to redmenplus.com, we will be streaming the Bias Transfer podcast very, very shortly. Thanks so much for everyone for joining us today. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Chloe. Thanks for Chris, you miserable bastard. We'll see you all next time on Redmen Original. See you in a bit. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 